Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who haven't scored since 1958. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 324. This is this week's official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. We're going to get out of the way day one of Senior Bowl, getting ready to get started. All the travel and things are moving right now. Um, I'm your dashing host, Chris. With me is the brilliant and just as dashing young man, Jeff the Riz Risen. How you doing, brother? I like that you think I'm young. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I am I'm I'm missing being in Mobile. Uh, this is just the second time in 14 years that I haven't been there. Uh, so uh, it, it's sad, but I understand it. And uh, I, I'm appreciative for Jim Nagy and everything that he's done to try to keep it as, as normal and, and relatively on schedule as possible yeah. for all of us who can't get there. Uh, yeah. he's, done a, he's done a really good job of of trying to accommodate everything as best as he can in the middle of a global pandemic. And he deserves praise for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He does. And I'll tell you guys, this is, this is what we're doing. Um, we are virtually credentialed for the senior bowl. And most people are, there was no in-person interviews. There's no radio row this year. You have to sit socially distanced on the sideline, no getting on the field anymore. We did a analysis on it and we talked to, um, Dave Rogers over there and and discuss the idea of virtual con- credentials because there's just the, the the expense versus the value wasn't there. So they actually have put together virtual credentials. They're highly desired now. Um, very, very, very few people are actually on site other than the players, but we will have access to players every day. Um, we'll, we'll do have, we'll have interviews. We'll have access to film. We'll have film and we will break it down to you. We'll have all kinds of great information. Because we're your really, I think your only credentialed source for the Senior Bowl, and guess what? There's no combine this year. This is it, guys. This is all there you is get. Not a combine. That's <laughs> that's going to be the the tough one for me. Yeah, because uh, uh, I, I can drive to Indianapolis. It's I, I I literally live like a mile away from US 31. I turn left and I go straight for three and a half hours, and I'm there. Yeah, two rights. You're at the hotel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Today we're going to talk about Matthew Stafford, Aaron. Glenn, John Dorsey, Ray Agnew, Hank Fraley, and a whole lot more. This is a rebuild, and it's coming top down. It's pretty big. Got a great show lined up. Riz, you ready to go, my man? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Let's get into it. First and foremost, I I, want to talk about something we talked about last time, Riz, and that is the canary trap. <laughs> we talked about people, you know, I got someone in the building. I have someone in the building. I have someone in the building telling me Bob Quinn is safe. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, um, they don't have people in the building. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to make you laugh like that. <laughs> There's not somebody in the building. If they had someone in the building, they'd have told you about Matthew Stafford before that happened. <laughs> that is a heck of a deal. That is a heck of a a piece of news to have kept quiet for so long and wow they, you, they did it you can do that when you flush people out yeah and they did yep yep <laughs> they sure did i mean right down the tidy bowl um 
this one we'll talk about Matthew Stafford we'll react to it we'll let you guys know what we think and, and where our heads are going so um, we'll, we'll get to you on that um, but the whole canary trap thing leads to somebody you know doesn't it <laughs> when you first said it I, I instantly thought of John Dorsey because uh, John Dorsey is now the he's a senior personnel executive uh, that title will change I'm told but uh, that could be getting canary trap there too. Uh, who knows? Uh, but he is the master of the canary trap. And he proved that when he was the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, where I covered him, I was at his introductory press conference. I was at his last press conference. Uh, he set up a very elaborate one and got someone on it. And they are currently, let's just say that they're surprisingly unemployed for their credential level of, of accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he brings that to the table among many other things that he brings to the to the Detroit Lions table as Brad Holmes the way that I've the way that I like to see it anyways is that he's sort of the, the Tom Hagen he's sort of the the guy who will know where the bodies are buried um, and can threaten just enough on his own to be like maybe, maybe I can bury that body too and it might be yours uh, I, I think he brings that sort of mentality and and I don't know, chutz to the table, uh, along with his experience. That's, I think, as, as you know, Chris, I was very big on having experience in the front office, especially more, more than coach, really. Um, I wanted, I wanted experienced general manager. I don't want growing, I don't want somebody learning to be a general manager on the job again. Brad Holmes is going to be doing that. He's never dealt with the pro side of things before. I think bringing in John Dorsey, a former GM who built the Chiefs, he built the Browns. They're both really good playoff teams. They both got infinitely better after he left. By the way, that's that's not coincidental either, and that's uh, that's something that he that's one of the drawbacks with the John Dorsey experience. But I love the fact that he's in the role that he's in now. It's perfect for him. He can help. He can help guide Holmes. And he and I wrote this on Lions Wire today. I encourage people on shameless self promotion. Go check out the, the article I wrote. I wrote about uh, a Brown's perspective on what John Dorsey offers in the role that he's in. I absolutely did not want him as a general manager. I he's he's a confrontational guy. He's a there's just a lot of issues with it. Um, but in the role that he's in, it takes away a lot of the negatives of him. Um, and it's and this is something that we talked about when we were setting the show up was. Uh, I like the fact that he is confrontational. I think in a one of the, the big selling points for Brad Holmes was that he's a good consensus builder. He's a guy who's going to listen to all opinions, take them all into regard, bring people together. John Dorsey is going to be the guy who's not afraid to say, I think you're full of crap. I like, let's say they're evaluating. Uh, I'll give the example of uh, the, who's the, uh, the North Dakota State quarterback. Um, this name's escaping, and I can see him. I'm looking right at him. Um, but anyways, <laughs> sorry, I got a lot of my head. Um, they're evaluating him, and Dorsey really doesn't like him, but everybody else does. He's not going to be afraid to say, I think you all are full of shit. This guy can't play. I know he can't play. I coached Deshaun Kaiser. This guy's freaking Deshaun Kaiser. I drafted that. Get him out of here. He didn't actually draft Deshaun Kaiser. He was he was still in Kansas City at the time. Don't don't put that don't put that stank on. Yeah, he's in Kansas City getting Patty Mahomes. Yes, yes, he was. Uh, although that was not his call, uh, and that—that's that's technically why he got fired in Kansas City was because uh, Brett Veach was the guy banging the table for Patrick Mahomes, not John Dorsey. They did Dorsey as a general manager did in fact draft him and drafted a lot of other very good people, uh, notably Travis Kelsey, um, Tyreek Hill. Um, they, but I, I'm very excited to see John Dorsey in the role that he's in in Detroit. I think it's a good move, and and the. 
if you're worried about uh, his influence of making the decisions, I will say this, he is going to try to make decisions as much as he can. It's a very good litmus test for how Brad Holmes will handle that. And if Brad Holmes doesn't handle it, well, then we probably are not going to have a very good GM. But I'm pretty confident that that Holmes is on board with with bringing Dorsey in and having a voice like that, somebody who is going to push buttons, who's not afraid to to, to tell the general manager that he thinks he's wrong. Yeah, there's, and, there's and a difference that's, between... That's very, very different from the dynamic that we've had in Detroit for the last... Uh, as long as I've been alive. <laughs> There's a big difference between creative confrontation and confrontational confrontation, right? And Correct. collaborative, creative confrontation yes. versus confronting. Yes. And we got we heard that from Brad Holmes from the very beginning that this was about collaboration and, and working right. together. And that is that creative and collaborative co- uh, confrontation where you don't, you know, what did Patricia want, for example, in the locker room? He just wanted people to do what he said. He didn't. He didn't want to, anyone to think differently. He didn't want anybody to bring anything anything contrarian up. It's just do what you're told versus do your job. It was do what you're told, right? And there's a significant difference there. Um, where Brad Holmes invites somebody to 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 change his mind, C- convince me, right? Sell me, right. B- bring me an idea that you think is better or why my idea is worse and sell me on that. And, I, and, and I'm convincible, right? That's a really, right. really great trait to have. I like to believe I, I have that trait in my, in my I think I have that too. I, know, I know you do. I've seen it in you. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where that's how you get the, the, you know, if you are the smartest person in the room, get a new room, right? That's what they all, that's the old saying. Right. Bob Quinn needed a new room. <laughs> I remember uh, Ash's first vlog he did. <laughs> he ended it. He and his end lines are always great. They're they're just always so just perfect. He ended it with sometimes the smartest person in the room is just dumb. <laughs> Talking about Bob, uh, and, and really that's that's kind of where it wound up. You know that's how things played themselves out. So I love like you said. The Dorsey move, how they got him in into the role they got him in versus the more broad across the the whole GM kind of role. This is this is good. And again, as we look at these people line up, there's the controversy that people are creating that they all report to Rod Wood and Rod Wood doesn't know football. It's all broken. It's never going to work. Let's talk about that just really briefly. Right. right. (laughs) I, I, I talked about it before where a CEO brings in its division leaders and they're all supposed to work Correct. together to deliver a product. Is that, I mean, I think that's a simplest explanation of what we, we've got here without it going into it again. I, I think the, the con- people need to accept the concept that, that Rod Wood is the CEO. He does oversee all departments. That includes the football team. That's the most important department on the team. Uh, it's not necessarily his most important department or where he has focused um, and it would be great if he didn't focus as much on it as he has in the past. <laughs> I think that is why Chris Spielman is in place. Uh, that is why John Dorsey has been brought in. That's why Ray Agnew has been brought in. That's why Mike Disner is still there and taking on additional roles. They have created a much more powerful and more diverse, diversely opinionated group under him so that he won't have to make those decisions. He's, he's going to trust the people better that are in the positions. You know, he, he's talked about it. Um, he actually knows what a three-cone drill is. I made a joke about it. He didn't know that the last time. Like, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so he has learned some things, too. And hopefully one of the things that he's learned is to let the football people do the football thing. Uh, and unfortunately, he did that 
a little too much in trusting the last regime. I think be- between his um, loss of naivete, I won't I won't give him points for mastery, but I'll say that he's not naive anymore. And I think most even his harshest critics would agree with that. He, after five years on the job, you've probably learned something. If not, the organization would have washed you out in, in one way or another. I think he realized that getting a lot of people under him in that role and not just giving everything to one guy is the way to effectively run that department. We'll see if that works. Um, he's done a very good job with with all the other departments, really, between community relations, between um, Ford Field is something that he manages. He, he, he's responsible for a lot of other things as well. He's done a brilliant job with those, and I think that gets overlooked because the football side of things that he does, yes, he, he does answer for that. Um, that, that is under his umbrella. Uh, but let's hope that he doesn't open that umbrella that often that, that, you know, Holmes can take care of it. Uh, I have a Z, I, I absolutely zero doubt. Brad Holmes will be making the personnel decisions on this team. Mike Disner will be making the contractual decisions on this team. Uh, if you don't think that I, I, I don't know what to tell you other than you're going to be wrong. Uh, Rodwood is not doing that. And if he is, he needs to be fired because then that's, that's overstepping his bounds and that he, that's, that's not what he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be over that. Um, now, obviously, it's just like, like if they're going to, let's say they're trading Matthew Stafford, he probably needs to be in on the conversation, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, he, he doesn't need to be the guy that's like, I, I think we should trade him to the Rams for Jared Goff. I think that, that would look good. Right. No, that's, that's not his role. No. But he needs to make sure that okay, he needs to be a guy as a CEO. This is your this is your most marketable asset at this point. Right. All right. What, what have you done? He needs to ask Brad Holmes as a responsible CEO. I would hope he would do this. Are you getting the best deal that you know you can get? What, what, ha- what offers are out there for him? Now he doesn't need to pick them, but he needs to, to be aware of what is out there and what the market is and what is going on and be accountable and explain the, 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 the reasoning and the thinking behind the moves, because that's what, you know, the CEO will evaluate. And if, if required, fire him in the future. But this is part of the, the beauty of this setup before the only person that Rod Wood heard from was Bob Quinn. Quinn and whatever story they decided to put together to float up is the only story that went out there. So, Oh, it's, it's a uh, Quandry Diggs's fault. Oh, it's it's Darius Slay's fault. Oh, it's 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 always somebody else's fault. Now there's that accountability for each person for their job to the CEO and when their job isn't getting done right, there's somebody to point to and say you are accountable for that that and and boom, it's done. I like that. I really like that. I do too. It, and, and from and a motivation to why it's why it's important that they brought in a guy like John Dorsey who doesn't have a history with Brad Holmes. Yep. Dor- Dorsey is, is a guy who, if he feels like he's being slighted or something's going wrong, you better believe he's going to go to Rod Wood's office and say, hey, this guy, this guy's pots, he can't get it done. Yeah. Um, and, and I would hope that at that point would would pull the plug on both of them, quite honestly, yeah. or, or choose between them. But uh, that that's, that's, again, why it's important that you're bringing in multiple layers, multiple people um, to work together under you. I, 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 again, he is not going to be telling... Brad Holmes. Oh, I, I don't. I don't want. You can't draft that guy. You got to draft this guy. That that has never been what he has done, and that will not be what he does in the future. He is not making the the personnel decisions. Is he involved in the hiring process of of bringing in Brad Holmes and all the? Hell yeah, he is. That's his job. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you don't if you don't like that job then then yes then you have a valid criticism if you don't if you don't like the people that he's bringing in i will just say this uh i feel a hell of a lot better now that i did uh when they brought in bob quinn uh and certainly a hell of a lot better than i did when they brought in matt patricia yeah. who, as you know was never my choice <laughs> <laughs> to be nice yeah 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 i know i know <laughs> um so with that, we uh, we kind of we're both high on the Dorsey hire, and and, and specifically yes. for the role in which he fits. We're also very happy with how the, the the organization is aligning itself and setting itself up. There is some uh, you know trouble in paradise, and I'll I'll just say, <laughs> I think it's I I think he's making a bad move. I understand why. I understand why. Okay. But Matthew Stafford's announcement uh, that he wants to be traded from the Detroit Lions, I think, is. You know, there's there's a couple things. One, I love the class and the way he in which he handled it. Meaning, he let the organization know. So when they went through the hiring process, the incoming organization knew what they were dealing with. I will say, Calvin Johnson didn't give afford that opportunity to Bob Quinn, right? It was no, a huge no, question mark actually, and and I have a feeling he knew. You know what I mean? I think he knew before, but he didn't share. So on the on the class chart, right, Stafford's blown the roof off of it. It allowed them to make the right kind of office moves and hires and understand what they needed in the front office uh, around and, and to build out what this team is going to have to be it, it, with as a Matthew Stafford-less team going forward. So, again, tons of credit to Matthew for doing it that way with class and everything else. Yeah, you might you might not like the fact that he wants out, but you have to respect the way he went about getting himself yeah. out. Yep. And if you're a Matthew Stafford fan, like, look, I am too. I've said it before. I take a bullet for that guy. He was he's 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 he has been hurt, played hurt, done, given so much to this franchise and for the city. Um, just just an amazing individual. Um, fans, I know it hurts. It probably causes anxiety, pain, and insomnia. So why don't you head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com? <laughs> Set yourself up with some of the greatest stuff in the world. All natural. Take care of any of those pain, that pain, insomnia, or anxiety that you have um i will tell you though if you get the delta eight stuff it has a little extra frankly it, 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 you get a buzz off it <laughs> it's just basically what it is it's legal in all 50 states won't trip any of those crazy tests they give but it is top shelf stuff uh the delta eight chill line don't eat more than one gummy the first time people have lost a couple hours <laughs> as a result um cbd.detroitlinespodcast.com it is if you don't get the chill line, it stuff is absolutely great for those three things: pain, anxiety, and um, insomnia. But if you want a little something extra, you get those three things helped and a whole nother sense of existence on top of it. <laughs> CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Okay, let's talk about Matthew Stafford. This is it's it hard. Was, uh, it's hard, it man. Something. It was it was it was hard, and it was one of those things where I felt like it didn't make sense to immediately react to it because so many times when these things happen, it, we see people make fools of themselves. You know, it's like, quit picking on Justin Bieber. Right? You know? <laughs> it takes be the first time that Justin Bieber's <laughs> ever brought up on this podcast. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot still to happen. Right. We don't know because nothing, nothing, first of all, nothing can happen with Matthew until March 17th, right? March 17th yep. is the first day that he can be gone. And by the way, the, he's due a roster bonus five days after that. Yeah. 
So clear your calendar the week of March 17th <laughs> through the 22nd because something's going to happen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I'm not saying that we're going to keep him paying that five million dollars. <laughs> right. And I and I'm not saying he's not leaving. He's it's it's done now. There's no there's no putting this genie back in the bottle. So right. so just yeah. just move on from that idea. Um, what we're in now is the kind of feeling out stages, maybe a little feeling up along the way. Um, we're trying to see what's out there as far as offers for Matthew Stafford. As great as he was to the team, and I appreciate it, and I think they're going to try to do their best to do right by him. They are a business. They are going to get the most value they can. Maybe Matthew Stafford winds up playing for Joe Lombardi and we get Herbert. Right? Actually, I would love that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sign but, me up for that. And by some crazy, for some crazy way, we wind up with uh, Deshaun Watson, right? Another, you know, boom, big land, happy, happy thing. I don't want to say that those things are going to happen because it's way, way too early. But there could be an upside here. Like Deshaun Watson, just like as a, as a pure theoretical play here, right? You, you land him, you've got yourself for another decade. You've got your quarterback for another decade. You're, you're, you've you've now without you've got and you know you've what you've got, got without the whole draft the process top three quarterbacks in the league for the next decade yeah um, and a guy by the way who's already won playoff games with a lesser roster around him than Stafford ever did in Detroit <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um, it's it, so so this story isn't yet written and there's going to be a lot of people that want Matthew Stafford. Now, we'll speculate about Aaron Rodgers, what he said. You know, he didn't pick the field goal. <laughs> so I, I, have, I have a thought on that. I'll let you, uh, you go, but I do have a thought on that. Okay. Um, if, if he's on the market, you know, we had this conversation about value of Stafford versus Rodgers. Oh, Rodgers is absolutely more valuable, but there's a cost. There's a huge cost and it may make Stafford the more palatable play. He's younger, he's cheaper, and darn it, he's only won one less NFC championship than Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. <laughs> but it, it, I, Stafford's never lost one at home. Yeah, yeah. When you think of product placement, I think Matthew Stafford is very, very well placed. I think that's that's a really good position. He's he, got he's, a lot of. He's an inter- because look at who else is out there. We, you, you brought up Watson. Um, Watson is one where if you're going to get him, you're sending Matthew Stafford and your number seven pick and probably quite a bit more to Houston to make that happen. Uh, and I don't think that's going to happen. I, I personally think Watson will be back in Houston. That's that's my somewhat educated guess. Interesting. I I and and if he does go anywhere, it will be Miami. Um, and yeah, will be involved because the Dolphins are ready to pull the plug on that yeah. stink already. <laughs> yeah, where where are all those draft tour people today? that's part of why you don't want him he's always freaking hurt oh, oh man <laughs> express that enough yeah um but uh so so watson is, is young um he's he's got an incredible contract he's 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 great um he, he's 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 a better quarterback than matthew stafford there's zero doubt in my mind about that and certainly going forward from this point he's a better option than matthew stafford but he will cost you quite a bit more if you're a team looking out there. You got Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz also has a very lengthy injury history. He's also coming off the worst quarterback season of any 
quarterback in the PFF era, which dates back to 2006. He's worse than Deshaun Kaiser, who I ripped on earlier, was in the winless Browns season. He led the league in turnovers, turnover-worthy plays, sacks um, while he was while he was still there. He lost more fumbles than any player has this decade <laughs> in a season this year. Um, and by the way, he only played like 10 games. He lost his confidence. He lost everything. He didn't handle competition. They, they drafted Jalen Hurts in the same way that, that the, the, the Packers drafted Jordan, Jordan Love. Um, Rodgers responded by going out and doing, winning the MVP right. uh, and getting his team to the, the championship conference, <laughs> conference championship. Uh, Wentz responded by, by coughing up a, a incredible hairball of a season and, and is getting his way out of town uh, despite his egregious contract that pays him more than Stafford too. Uh, so, so Stafford's somewhere in between there. Um, there's other guys. Mitchell Trubisky is going to be a free agent. Uh, Dwayne Haskins already off the market. Sam Darnold is out there. I think, I think you're competing with teams that are interested in, do I want a, a more sure thing in Stafford, but there's a finite shelf life on it. Like, like, and there's some injury history with Stafford now too. It's not mm-hmm. it's not to the extent that Wentz or or others are, but it's 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 out there a little bit. But so you're, you're you know Sam Darnold's out there. What if what if um, Sean McVay gets his wish and they're able to move on from Jared Goff? And I don't see any way that that's possible. No. But so so Stafford's sort of in that middle ground. Like if you're a team that doesn't have three first rounders to give up to get Watson, if you're one that wants to give up, let's say a first rounder and because you have some cap issues, you happen to have a high price wide receiver who might need to move. I'm looking at you, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, that take Matthews home. I actually think that's that's a very viable option for a yeah. trade is to get Dallas's first round pick, which I think is number ten. Yep, and number ten. One of their wide receivers, probably Amari Cooper, because they can't afford him. Right. Oh um, God, I would love to see Stanford. Amari Cooper in a Lions uniform. I love that guy. I really, really yeah. love him. So, so that that's the that's the type of comp- compensation you're getting back. To, to back to my Rogers thought for a second, mm-hmm. I think what he said was a guy who was really frustrated with losing and was letting his superiors in the Packer organization know this is not acceptable. I I did everything I could. You all did not help me enough. Yeah. Either help me or get rid of me. Don't. This isn't like I I need to leave. It's like hey, you saw what I can do. You saw these schlubs around. You saw Kevin King. You saw my coach put Kevin King out there. You saw him kick a damn field goal. <laughs> Do better <laughs> by me or get me out of here is the way that I interpreted his, oh. his thing. And, and it's one of the reasons why he is great is because he is fiercely competitive. He hates losing more than he likes winning. That yeah. is a trait that you hear from champions a lot. Yeah. He has that. He, he makes that very obvious. And I think that that's something that when you get interviewed in, in the locker room after that, yeah, I, I want him to be pissed off. If if I'm a Packers fan, I want him to be angry and, and sullen and morose. Oh, yeah. And he he oh, checked all those boxes. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh man, that field goal, God! I I mean, look, that's that that very well could be the beginning of the end. And the Bills did it later. Yeah. Oh my God! Bad coaching yesterday. Bad bad. That could be the beginning of the end for Lafleur. If if he winds up gone next year, or the year after, you mark my words. This is the first step in that process of him him being gone because that was idiotic. I I was cheering that move because I That's obviously didn't want the picture, like but. taking the wind in overtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it absolutely it really is. is. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I was thinking Denver as a possibility for Matthew. They're certainly in that that ballpark too. Now they pick eight nine. Nine, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, nine. 
they would ha- they would send Drew Locke back. Right. So my comp for Drew Locke when he was in the draft was a poor man's Matthew Stafford. <laughs> <So> there you go. <laughs> if you like Stafford, you might like Drew Locke. And if you if you if you like sixty million in cap space, check out the vlog post we had on YouTube this morning from uh, from from Ash. He did a great yes. job. You want it's like it's absolutely a history teacher telling you how to do math. Yes. <laughs> it is really really interesting how he he broke down the the roster today. It's definitely worth your watch. Um, Drew Locke is interesting. You, you wind up with a bunch of cap space available as well. You get a ninth. Yeah. So you have a ninth and a seventh. And I was I was thinking about this earlier. Like, Ooh, can that get you to number one? Not quite. It can you know, get you to number two. two. Yeah, yeah. Look who's at number two? Who's that? That's New York. What do they have? They also have Sam Darnold. Right. So you can choose between do I want Sam Darnold or do I want Justin Fields or or uh, what's his um, the dude from BYU? I am really zooming on names. That's my bad today. Not enough sleep. Why am I? Oh my God! You, you said that and you, you froze my brain. I, I give me one Wilson. second. Zach, Wilson, Zach, yeah. I live in a volleyball house. Wow. I have Wilsons everywhere. <laughs> okay, this isn't a castaway Wilson, though, right? No, it's not. It is not. We do have one of those. <laughs> Wilson. Oh my goodness! Uh, so then you're then you're choosing between which of those three you want. Mm-hmm. I, I I like that idea and and. From from everything that we've heard early on in this draft process, the Jets would be open to listening to that conversation. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Hey, you know, you get a seven and a nine, you can go up to fifth and get Joe Burrow <laughs> from Cincy. <laughs> no. Um, so there's there's a lot there's a lot to happen. And the number one thing is the Lions to get they, they have two important things to solve. Get a quarterback, number one and get the maximum amount of value out of Matthew Stafford. And part of that value may not just be picks and numbers. It may be the quarterback they get in return, right? Correct. And 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 there's a couple of different plays here that they could ch- that they could chase down to to get what they need in value, but the quarterback is the most important position on any football team as we've seen in the Bears demonstrate for for decades. <laughs> um yeah. without a quarterback, you're just not going to win. You're just not going to get out of first round. the best player in their playoff game and they still can't win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, 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 people putting that game on. He was he was the best Chicago Bear on the field that day, and like yeah. didn't didn't matter. But Dorsey Dorsey was around for Mahomes, so he saw that process. Whether you know yes, he was he behind it or and not, he saw, you he learn. Also, you learn, right? He saw the he oversaw the end of the Alex Smith era there. Mm-hmm. Now, now that that expedited after he left, but he knew that that was coming. That that's why they brought Mahomes in. Uh, so he is somebody who can go in and say, this is what happened in Kansas City. We got Mahomes. We were prepared to take that risk. Um, he sorted that in Cle- He's his, his Cleveland tenure was just wild. Uh, <laughs> 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 the, the quarterback chaos. Yeah. He was eventually, the, though, the guy. He's the guy who chose Baker Mayfield Absolutely. over Josh Rosen. Yep. Those were their two finalists. Uh, I, I can, Good I job. can tell you that for sure. Good uh, job. He made the right choice there. <laughs> <laughs> Darnold was also in consideration for some time. Josh Allen was never in. Uh, Dorsey was not a Josh Allen guy. Mm. Was I? Yeah. Um, I, I happy. God, I'm happy. I'm happy for that guy. I know he played like crap yesterday, but it's pretty cool that he's he's unified the Bills Mafia like that. And that's, oh, that's the type of thing that I think Detroit re- could really use and could do. I mean, we don't have yeah. to, we don't have to set ourselves on fire and jump through through uh, you know folding tables, tables or anything like that. But I don't know if my back could take that, that anymore. The concept <laughs> of, of how 
how universally they have rallied around a guy who's a very flawed quarterback, a very effective one, but he does have some. some very, oh yeah, boy, he is awesome at taking sacks. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like throw it, throw it, throw! Oh my god, another ten! <laughs> he has an overdeveloped panic gene when when the chips are on the table. Oh, boy, when, when they go all in, he's, he's got to work on that. He, he was better this year than he was last year. He didn't actually physically hand the ball to a, a Texans defender like last year. <laughs> that, that, was, that was that was an unbelievable moment for my house, which is full of Texans fans. Let me tell you, <laughs> but, um, if you can get that kind of because Matthew Stafford is, was never that like a lot of Lions fans love him. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of love from him on this show, but there are a lot of Lions fans who still blame him for all the things that are wrong with this team. Oh, he's overpaid. He's a bum. He never won anything. And. I will tell you, we had a great chat in the in the Slack, the Patreon Slack. Um, Ash made a really, really great point about Matthew Stafford is, an, is is a great quarterback, but he's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And right. one of the things, and I've talked about this, um, the way he throws the ball, there's not a whole. I mean, he he can sidearm, he can you know he he can do all kinds of different stuff, but it's always a bullet. Whether you're five yards or fifty yards, that ball's coming at the same speed. And and you've seen some of these receivers' fingers after working with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to be a special kind, uh, have a special set of hands to catch passes mm-hmm. with regularity from Matthew Stafford. Um, it's 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 just the nature of, of how he is. He that touch pass I is. Think he used to look like that. <laughs> the, the touch pass is is beyond his um his reach right now, and that's one of the flaws that may have cost this team and put us in a position where some of our players didn't work out. Now that's you know you have front offices that are supposed to get the players that work together well, and there's some decisions there that probably didn't go right as as, as well. But you're limited Certainly. with Matthew Stafford just by that piece alone. There's a couple things that he has in that case in that way that may hurt us. And this, you know, again, this may be one of those things where it's the right time for the team to move on and to change things up and change up the skill set. After a decade of playing against him, everybody in the division has figured out how Matthew Stafford throws the ball <laughs> and and the blocked passes, the the whole nine yards. Um, they, they've, they've got the book on them. They understand it. And it might be time to, to shake things up just, you know. Because we know how important so, it is to win your, your division. <laughs> it is, um, and and you know, to, to go through the the degrees of of grief, denial, acceptance, um, radical acceptance at the end, which is a very important concept. Um, I, I was looking back through my Twitter timeline, and I got into an, an and it was a, it was actually a good conversation. It was not an argument; it was a conversation on Twitter with someone who's like, you know what? I'm just ready to be done with Stafford. I've seen it. Um, I love the guy, but I'm ready to move on. And I said, and I said, I said this in November. I said, I'm not there yet, but I understand the sentiment, yeah. and I've come to appreciate that more. Um, that we got his best. Um, I, I don't. I don't think anybody would argue the fact that Matthew Stafford is not going to get better. No. Now he might get a better team around him, and that will make him look better. Mm-hmm. But in terms of individual skills, we've seen as good as Matthew Stafford's ever going to be, and it. For, for a variety of reasons, most of which have nothing to do with him, it wasn't good enough. No. And and I understand why he would want to move on from that. And I and I want to say just I, again, I'm still not happy about it, but I, I get that. Yeah. And I'm I want to I'm ready to try something different too, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I want to add that not only did we see him at his best physically and mentally, 
but he gave us his best. He never left yes. anything on the field. And that's something yes. that you can't say about a lot of uh, all the players out there. He loves football, right? He loves the game of football and he's out there and he plays no matter what. Um, Did there's to play week 17 this year. He didn't have no. And especially if he knew he was leaving. Why? Why would he? Why would he step out there and play? Right. Because he want he because that's who he is. Right. That's yeah. And that's uh, there's a, there's a lot to be said for that. And um, you, you, well, you know, I've got my sources. Um, this journalism thing is easy, Riz. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> um, there's people that that were there, and, and I'll say 100. Matthew isn't one of the people I'm talking about right now. I just want to be really, really, really clear. But there's people there that aren't that don't that aren't there because they like football. They're not football people, and those people. Yes. I wouldn't plan on seeing them around <laughs> for a long time. I just, I just tell you right now, uh, this, this is a team. If you are, this is a team in a front office that's building around people who know and love the game of football, and I think that's Thank the key Chris piece. Chris Spielman, yeah, Thank yeah, Dan Campbell, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> So Matthew Stafford will be gone um, week of March 17th, that the 17th plus 522, 17th to 22nd. Um, you'll see yeah. what happens and what we get and we can evaluate. There'll be all kinds of speculation between now and then. There'll be all kinds of people who know someone in the building. There'll be, you know, there's somebody that was out there saying that they're going to get uh, Eason <laughs> from the Colts and uh, in a trade. And it's like, you know, just just comete everybody. There's a lot to be said. It's a it's a bitters market right now. And the Lions Jacoby Brissett, maybe. Right. Um, actually, I don't I don't even know if I don't I don't know his contract status. Um I was actually talking with the right before we got on, I was talking with the uh, the Colts wire editor, uh Kevin. Mm -hmm. Hi Kevin. Uh, he was asking me what, what the Lions might be asking for for Stafford. And uh, we were bouncing ideas back and forth off each other, just hypothetically, yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. it might be. Yep. No no insider information there, just like talking. Like, hey, what will it be? And I've had that conversation with a couple of other editors as well from other teams. Um one of them is not one that you would expect either. I'll just say that. Uh, but he <laughs> thinks he thinks his team is in the market for a quarterback. It's not Green Bay, uh, but he's. Uh, it would be surprising if they they went after Stafford. Let's put it that way. But uh, he, he made an interesting case for it. So yeah. um, don't necessarily preclude some teams that you might otherwise preclude. But obviously, your, your front runners. We'll, we'll just go through this real fast because sure. I, I, I did these the other day and it's it's rattled in my head. Um, and so so I wrote. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll lay out my Saturday for you. I was at a basketball tournament with my sixth grade daughter in Indiana. We had just played two games. I was on the way back. She lost. She didn't play particularly well, and she is incredibly competitive, so she didn't take it very well either. So I'm in the car on the way back from the gym. I've got a disconsolate 12-year-old girl with me, and I get, my phone just explodes. <laughs> So I, 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 I was technically supposed to be off for the weekend. My bosses had given me the, the weekend off unless something crazy happened. Well, something. <laughs> so I'm sitting in a hotel room with uh, my daughter and two of her teammates. Um, and they're 12 year old girls. <laughs> they're, they're great kids. <laughs> it's, it's a little hard to think when I'm doing that. So I put together a list of, of the top trade teams and the teams that it's looking to mind. Indianapolis, San Francisco, New Orleans were the top three. Dallas was another one that was pretty easy because they they have uncertainty with Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. 
The one I left out was Washington, and Washington makes a whole lot of sense, especially since Martin Mayhew was their GM. Martin Mayhew drafted Matthew Stafford. He knows him. I love the idea of a redemption arc of those two together because I like both of those men a lot. And I'm rooting, I am rooting very hard for Martin Mayhew to make it because I think he got a raw deal from a lot of people in Detroit Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't necessarily his fault either. Um, A lot of, did he make mistakes? Hell yeah. He he needed to go at the time that he was left. I, I don't, don't dispute that at all, but it could have, he could have used, um, he could have used a John Dorsey on his staff. He could have used a Ray Agnew on yeah. his staff at some point, And they never gave him that ever. And, and that's, that's the sign of a big learning on the lion side here, right? How they're building this, this front office. Yeah. It's so I think everybody grows out of that, but yeah, no, Martin Mayhew is easy to like, he's an easy to like kind of dude. So yeah. new, new England's the other team that, that will be brought up a lot. And Denver, and, uh, don't forget Denver. Denver, Denver will be totally in, there. in the mix. Um, that, that's that's like, I, and as much as I would love Houston, um, because um, as you know, my, I, I live there. My family is all Texans fans. I, I admit to getting emotionally charged for the Texans <laughs> from time to time, although it's really hard right now because that, that organization, oh my God. Oh my <laughs> that's God. That's a tire fire. <laughs> um, that would be. Um, and and that that would almost have to I, I I don't see any way Deshaun Watson is coming to Detroit. I'm sorry. I I, I put it out there as my pipe dream. Um, yeah, my pipe dream yeah. general manager for years and years has been Brian Billick, um, or head coach. That that didn't happen either. So um, my dreams die. They die. <laughs> they just um, die. And and again though, I want to say. It, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's not a, a likely scenario. And and you, it's not just like how things work. Deshaun can say no to a trade. He yes, can he veto can. it, so he's got a say in this. Where Matthew kind of really doesn't. If they don't want to give him a say in it, no, he doesn't have to have a um, uh, a say. But I mean, if one, you think about one it, of the reasons okay. why the lion, the, the he gave that leverage up when he told the Lions, "I want out." Um, when you when you do that, you lose the ability to dictate where you might be able to go. You you have to understand at that point you have given control of the team to say. Okay, I will go anywhere you can send me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stafford has has surrendered that. They don't. They do not have to do right by him and send him to the best opportunity. They need to do right by themselves and get the most that they can for him. Yep. And period. Here's here's one the point I want to make. Okay, this is now. Granted, this is Walter football. Okay, so <laughs> already you know whatever. But I want to talk about how they had the mock draft lined up before the Senior Bowl last year. Okay, and just show you how much things change. This is, I'll give you one, two, and three picks that they had. Number one, Cincinnati Bengals, Justin Herbert. Number two, Washington Redskins, Javon Kinlaw. Number three, Detroit Lions, Bradley Anae. That's how they had one, two, three before the senior bowl. Bradley Anae, <laughs> yeah. in the fifth round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How now again? Not, I'm it's idiot, Walter, not the big of an idiot. right? Wow. It's it's Walter, right? So so there, but how much things change between those period that period of time? A lot can happen between now and then. Right now, not super super high percentages on Deshaun Watson, but things can change. So we'll we'll keep our eyes on it. We'll we'll monitor it. Um, we're not going to do the stopping at Justin Bieber thing. Where- if, if they land Deshaun Watson, I will never be able to wear pants again. <laughs> I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, that's Matthew Stafford. That's where things are. Just want to, again, if you have pain, anxiety, or insomnia, go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Use Lions 
and you as you check out code for 55 percent off and that will help you get over your matthew stafford stuff if you're looking for a buzz team, use the chill line you. yeah oh yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> they're a very sponsor right now <laughs> <laughs> absolutely legal law 50 states and um doesn't trip any of those tests cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com the chill line with the delta eight that's the stuff that is gives you the magic the magic homer simpson feeling all right let's uh move on um the next guy we want to talk about is <laughs> uh aaron glenn um yes defensive coordinator former yes, yes. secondary coach right um or cornerback it was secondary coach right secondary coach. yeah secondary yes. coach for the new orleans saints has no idea who dan campbell is never even <laughs> talked to him in his life come in as defensive coordinator i really like this i really like this 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 is a guy that has been a part of a very very strong defense for a long time a defense that at times when drew wasn't well or wasn't able to do his thing carried the team um they did and they play tough and they play mean and they play they hard play, i like they play this. and they play opportunistic football yes 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 they get takeaways they focus on getting takeaways takeaways are more as a cornerback we talked about this on, on the podcast a couple weeks ago one of the things that we missed about darius slate was yes he was going to get beat but he was also going to make plays the other way and the cornerbacks that they had last year we're getting beat and also not making plays the other way. <laughs> and and in, in guys like Marshawn Lattimore, they had guys um, who could take the ball away, who are going to take those calculated risks and, and make the quarterback think, oh, if I throw it over there, they could be coming back the other way. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really worried about that with the Lions. Um, and, and the fact that he developed them, I, I'm a big Aaron Glenn fan. I think he's taking a, the, the next logical step. He did have other opportunities to climb the ladder this year. He did interview for a head coaching job um, in, in the recent past. Uh, I think it's a great move to keep him together. Obviously, he knows Campbell. They were actually teammates together. And Dan Campbell told a great story about Aaron Glenn, about how when he got to New Orleans or got to Dallas, and he heard a lot of bad things about Aaron Glenn as a player because he he, he – Glenn was not the easiest guy to get along with when he was playing. He was a Parcells guy with the Jets, yep. um, and then he became a Parcells guy with the Cowboys. But and he, he Campbell learned very quickly that all the talk about him was was crap. He just he saw an Aaron Glenn, a guy who really wanted to win and hated losing, and found a a simpatico personality there, and they became friends, and they're still they're, they're coaching together now. I like it. It's a great thing. And, and my favorite thing about Aaron Glenn, and I put this in the Lions Wire thing, he was the Browns' secondary coach on a year where they were dead last in the NFL in rushing defense. He got three of his four starters in the Pro Bowl. Man. <laughs> to Sean Gibson, Dante Whitner, and TJ Ward. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that absolutely is. That is that is absolutely. Um, yeah, no, Aaron Glenn is good. I think he fits the bite the kneecaps mentality of this team. Yes. Um, I, I again, we're building a uh, um, a mindset of a very very tough football team. Kind of reminds me a bit of the Raiders kind of mentality years ago. I like that. I like that. This the is the years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the black and blue division, and I wouldn't mind going out and beating the snot out of some other teams and taking some kneecaps and a hunk of flesh and all the things that Dan talked about. You know, just the, the thought of the thought of them making the offense react to the defense instead of just always being passive. 
That, that that's my number one takeaway from the biggest mistake that the Mavericks were. His defense was so bloody passive. There was no point to it. They weren't trying to do anything. They were just eleven guys out there trying to make a tackle. They didn't anticipate. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't force the offense off from what the offense wanted to do ever. Yeah. Yep. That is not going to be the Aaron Glenn defense. That is not going to be the Dan Campbell mantra. That is not going to be what they do. Uh, they are, they are going to, while being a very similar scheme, and this ties in that a lot of the players that a lot of us thought were going to be expendable, they're still scheme fits. Trey Flowers, very specific type of role. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That role is in the Aaron Glenn defense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it might look a little bit different. Uh, they are only going to one gap. Um, it, by the way, Eric Schlitt, my, my Lionswire partner, has a fantastic breakdown of what his expectations for the scheme are. Please check that out Definitely. Uh, at Lionswire. He posted it uh, Sunday morning. Uh, it's really good, and it's very optimistic about how – and it, it ties in with what Ash did um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, about who's useful and who's not and why you're going to see Jared Davis will be back and might be starting. And might uh, and, be good. <laughs> and and it, might be it, good. it could be good. Yeah. And, and if he's playing the role that Alex Anzalone played in the New Orleans defense, he's going to be good. <laughs> he can do that. <laughs> yep. Um, it also wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if Alex Anzalone winds up with his beautiful flowing hair in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, after watching playoff football, good football, this last weekend, and then looking around at, at what we had for the Lions this year, I really I decided – You've had enough of that shit. <laughs> it's time to move on to a real team, to some real football. Thanks, Dan, for, for, for piping in for us. I love a coach that casually swears like that. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Except the tourists. Except the tourists. It's safe to be here. Don't worry. <laughs> That's the <best. laughs> That was such a great. During that that uh, is it, it, absolutely great. I love uh, it. It definitely had the what was it over when the Germans <laughs> feel to it. For real. Intro statement. For real. He, he, got, he got it back. It was. It was wild, man. I want to wild. <laughs> um, Combat Sack asked about thoughts on Patricia going to New England. Nah, I don't even. I don't even think about him. Don't even think about him. Dad, to be honest, he is another rat on a sinking ship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. I don't, I don't want to disparage Bill Belichick because he's he's the greatest coach of of the Super Bowl era. Yeah. All good things come to an end. Yep. Um. Let's see. In fact, that team has no talent. Uh, you, you think the Lions roster is devoid of talent? Look at what. Look at who started for New England in November and December this year. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a that's a team that under Hugh Jackson goes winless. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, yeah, and I'll say without Matthew Stafford, the Lions were win- would have been winless this year too. I mean, it, absolutely, that defense yes. was just so horrible. So, so they they did not win a game when he was out in 2019, and they certainly wouldn't have won one this year with Chase Daniel because Chase Daniel is lesser than Jeff Driscoll and yeah. or David Blau. Yeah. There you go, Kevin. You're happy about that. Um, okay, I want to talk about the the next, uh, not officially announced yet, but Anthony Lynn for offensive coordinator. That will be Wednesday by all yeah. accounts. So where, where's your head? How do you feel? Okay. So I made this mistake covering the Browns under John Dorsey. They had a rookie head coach in Freddie Kitchens, and they brought in Steve Wilkes, who had just been fired by the Arizona Cardinals as their head coach 
He wasn't very good as a head coach. He turned out not to be very good as a coordinator. He's now a college defensive coordinator, if I have that right. Um, somebody can fact check me on that. He got hired over the weekend. Um, I thought that the fact that Steve Wilkes had just been in a situation that was similar to what Kitchens was walking into as a rookie head coach, and it, it did, spectacularly didn't work for him. Like, okay, he can advise, he can help, he can be a sounding board. Well, a, he wasn't that guy, and B, Freddie wouldn't have listened anyways. Uh, but, uh, so I'm not going to get too excited about the fact that he has experience as a head coach, although that certainly can't hurt. And if Dan Campbell is smarter than Freddie Kitchens, and that's not saying that's a pretty damn low bar, I think that he will hopefully draw upon that, but you can't rely on that. I do like the fact that he is a proven, proven running backs and run game developer where everybody who has screamed that you'll want to run the ball. Well, now you've got a real chance to remorph your offense here. You have an offensive line that three fifths of it anyways is ass kicking blockers. You got Taylor Decker, Frank, right? Yep. Jonah Jackson. Yep. All those guys will punch you in the mouth and move you backwards. They'll punch you with their the throat. Game. They will punch you with their throat and beat you. Yes, yes they will. They will punch you with their throat. <laughs> and 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 we'll talk about it in a minute. But the return of Hank Fraley is freaking huge for that. That yes. offensive line. I don't care who you get as a quarterback. Having Hank and that that threesome there gives you such a great basis. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a it was a great get to get him back. So Anthony Lynn is, he was his, he was a running backs coach. He was an offensive coordinator before he became the coach. He was the quarterbacks or the, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo bills um, right before that. And they led the league in rushing, I believe, or they were near the top in rushing anyways, um, a very ground oriented attack. They did not have a good quarterback situation. So that's, that was part of it. Um, I, 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 he's one of those guys that, that struck me and, and I, I like Anthony Lamont. I know him a little personally, not a lot, not enough that he would like come up to me and say, Hey, or anything like that. But he, if, if he saw me, he'd be like, oh, I know, I know, I know you. Um, uh, I, I like him a lot. I think he's a very good man. He's got a great backstory. Um, the, the, and the chargers did a phenomenal job of promoting that too. And it, I, I hope it's still up on their website about the, the, the personal battles that he's, he's come with. It's, it's pretty sweet. Um, you're getting a really good human being, um, first and foremost. <laughs> um, and and that, that that's important to yeah. me, personally. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, I like having guys that I can root for. Um, it's a lot easier that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what his offensive philosophy is going to be, though, uh, other than it will probably be power run oriented. I would expect there not to be much of a change for the scheme. I don't think you're going to see them change to an outside zone blocking scheme, uh, although I think DeAndre Swift would thrive in that yeah yeah he's a guy who did a very good job of maximizing the offensive talent he's also a guy who dealt with a quarterback that was very similar to matthew stafford and philip rivers who was really really good at what he did but didn't offer you a lot outside of what he did mm-hmm. he, he was not patrick mahomes creating on his own he was not he's not josh allen who's a threat to run he was not um a guy like Baker Mayfield, who, who likes a moving pocket. Mm-hmm. There were very specific things that, that Philip Rivers did, and he built a, a very good offense around that construct. Yep. Keep him the hell away from special teams. Um, he, No, no. Anthony Lane, stay away. But I, <laughs> I, I like it. I, I, I'm, 
I am bullish on it. I think he's a coach that has a good redemption angle that I will root for, and I hope it works. Sure. I'm going to talk about him for a little bit from a leadership perspective. We've talked about this a little bit before, but the concept of if you have a rookie head coach, somebody with head coaching experience working for you as a as your coordinator is key because Having they access to that yes. yeah hopefully dan campbell is smart enough to utilize that well and and one of the things i think that caught up patricia was he had to get too involved he had i mean pasqualone i don't want to i'm not going to rip on the guy but we the first year you can he, he patricia never even looked at the offense we were at the tampa game you know the second row and he sat down when when it when the offense was on the field he wasn't even watching the game he was sitting there with the defense coaching the defense telling them what to do you can't have that from a head coach you need a head coach who can elevate out of coaching positionally and strategically run the game who can give the players the right kind of motivation and the right kind of pump when the right kind of juice uh, uh it gets get worse uh, i'll leave uh, you can give them the motivation they need at the right at the right point in time that they need it you need your head coach to do that. You need them to be a leader and take the lead in that way. When they're too busy getting down into the, the the X's and O's with the players and the positions during a game, your game will suffer. So having a guy like that on the offense does so much to help uh, Dan Campbell, to have a guy who's a head coach because yes. he knows what a head coach needs. He knows what his boss wants delivered. And if you've ever led people before, the best people that work for you are the people that anticipate what you need, know what you need, and have what you need available for you when you need it. That is huge. Absolutely huge. So that's the thing I like about Anthony Lynn coming the most. Uh, I think it does help DeAndre Swift uh, a good deal. And um, I, I like the hire. We're, we're going to see how you know, how does this affect who we get as a quarterback? There's availability. There's a, there's a, a mix that has to happen there with the quarterback and your offensive coordinator. Did a pretty good job of coaching. Now, obviously it wasn't just him coaching it, but um, in, in incorporating Justin Herbert, who set the NFL rookie record for touchdown passes and uh, looked phenomenal, looked much better than he did in college yeah. as a rookie. Um, Lynn deserves some credit for that. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, all right. Let's, let's get into Ray Agnew. I don't have a whole lot, about Ray, I know we we both wanted to mention that he's been he's has been brought in. Uh, Riz, you had like one nugget, I think it was. He was the VP of Player Personnel, um, which is uh, a role that was previously held by someone else. So I, I expect we're going to hear some people leaving soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, you might remember him. He played. He was a player, uh, defensive tackle. I want to say um, he was with the Rams, so he's coming mm-hmm. with Holmes from Los Angeles. Uh, I forget his exact role that he had there, but he was in their front office for the last three or four years. Um, he's never worked in any other structure, so he's this is this is a Holmes guy. Um, so, uh, but was seen as as a guy who who was had the potential to move up on his own. Uh, this was a guy who was going to be considered in the next wave of GM candidates yep. um, coming forward. So, uh, uh, it's a good hire. Uh, having again. I like the idea he's got Dorsey in there as somebody who can be an agitator, be somebody that he's not like doesn't have a history with. Yep. And I like the idea that he does have somebody that he does have a history with that will understand his rationale and thinking going into it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a dynamic that again, if, if Brad Holmes is good at, at his job and, and does what, what was highlighted of him and the reason why the Lions hired him, it's a very good mix. Yep. So I, I, I like it. And, and just so folks know, he was, um, a scout for the Jets 
for a number of years. He worked in the scouting department there. So there are ties back to the Jets organization as well as we think about. Another Parcells thing. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, while, uh, while Parcells was never involved with Holmes, um, his fingerprints are certainly on the team with Campbell and with, with, with Aaron Glenn. Yeah. Um, and uh, somebody else had ties too. I can't think of who it is. But anyway, so that's. Um, but it's a good mix. We're getting the, the I, good side of ourselves. Yeah. I like the mix of, of folks we, we're getting. I like the the idea because the other part of it is, is he was with the Rams from 2017 onward. Um, so he's he's seen parcels and he's seen the rams those are two completely different ways and that's why like sometimes you say oh he's 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 from this tree or that tree well i think there's a lot of branches <laughs> and, and roots that are intermingling for a lot of these guys so i wouldn't put too much stock into one or the other tree uh with the guys yeah, we're looking yeah. at here so we'll see how it works out um want to talk a little bit um do staley announced today Max uh, coach and uh, assistant head coach. I, I beat Pelisario on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can confirm. You can confirm. Um, do Staley? Okay. Yes, I can. <laughs> uh, I, I, I may or may not have been, been involved in that too. Um, well, yeah, let's see. Um, so he and here's the kicker. This this is what you need to know. He chose to come to Detroit instead of choosing to go to Chicago because yep. he had equivalent offers. And he chose the Lions, yep. which is creating a lot of very salty Bears fans' tears. And and let's let's not dismiss the uh, the ties he has to Philadelphia, and that he asked to break the contract in order to choose to come to Detroit. That's a big deal. That's a really he, big deal. He jumped off a ship that he perceives to be sinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you put Deuce, you put Anthony Lynn together. I feel like DeAndre Swift has got all the things around him to help him be yes. quite an amazing running back for this team. So I'm, I'm, I'm and the rest of the guys, right? I, I will, right. Whoever they may be, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how those things go. We don't, we don't Hank Fraley is back is one of them. Yes. Hank Fraley back is huge. Um, you know, we, you talk about, everyone says it starts in the trenches, but Hank Fraley, we, it was senior bowl last year when we first yep. saw him and we're like, Oh, Lee, the way he worked with those kids, and Frank's big enough. He 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 looked he could he looked like he could just put the, sh the shoulder pads on and started playing with them. Right? He he was not afraid to put his hands on people. Yeah, yeah. In, in a football context. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> that has to be added in. Yeah. <laughs> he was down there. I mean, and we've got some video. I think if you go back and uh, and you can see a little bit of video of Hank working with some of the kids uh, that we shot. Yeah. Uh, really, really impressive guy, and the team thinks he's impressive as well campbell loves him um i know he was he was interviewing elsewhere uh i know he chose detroit he chose to he stay chose detroit. In detroit instead of going to pittsburgh yep. which wanted him very badly they i i can tell you this they had their press release ready mm -hmm. it was pre-written that yep. he was going to be their offensive line coach yep he chose to come back to Detroit instead. Yeah. And I think that's going to be good for him and for Detroit, to be honest with you. If you look at how this is set up, he fits right in with this team. He fits this, the mindset. He is a great kind of template for how the rest of these guys are and how this team is, has built on the front office and the coaching staff. I really like it. I really like what they've done. And, and retaining Frank, I think, was absolutely key. There's Thank nothing. Uh, Frank Fraley, not Frank Haley. Did I see Frank? No, well, he's Frank Haley when he has his glasses on, kind of like Clark Kent. Um, <laughs> retaining him is key to protecting whoever this new quarterback is, whether it is a, yep. a, a draft pick, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whether it's somebody in between. Um, 
this line is crucial to the development and success of who we come who, who's coming and Hank it's, was a key it's piece such of that. a big deal having watched what Deshaun Watson had to do with an inferior line and then they got him Laramie Tunsil and they solidified a couple of other positions on their line and he exponentially took off watching how Baker Mayfield he has the best offensive line in football in front of him. That's part of the reason why he's so successful and why why the Browns are legit. It, the Lions have three-fifths of a very good offensive line. And if Big V rebounds, I, I am not at all confident that it will happen, but it's possible. And they it, have four-fifths of a good line. Yeah, there's two things that... Joe, Joe Dahl, is, is, if he's your sixth offensive lineman, you got a pretty good offensive yeah, line. And, yeah. and I could see him being that so i'm i don't think uh, anyone's gonna say that big v was a a, uh, a superstar this year he, he didn't punch his hall of, he hall of fame dude. ticket he was, he was but, rough but he hurt he was hurt all year and he was, he was playing guard right for a bunch of the year that, well because he wasn't good at tackle well yeah and you know i'm not, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna throw i, I thought tyrell crosby took a leap oh, last year god yeah well. he did that was and i was very happy to see it and he's an easy guy to root for too oh, i yeah, like him is. a lot i like I, I like he was one of the few players last year who actually showed a little bit of personality outside of what was the rigid norm. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I think uh, he's got leadership potential in that locker room yep. because of that. Yep. Ty- that's, that's a very big thing. He's got a lot more going for him than he was ever given credit yeah, for. He and he yeah, showed he that leap he took this year was really, really something special. I, I love Tyrell. He's a great story. Um, yep. We'll see what Big V has. Obviously, you need um, a backup plan there there's no question about it but if he comes back healthy and can play i mean because look all you're not going to have frank Ragnow or uh taylor decker at every position across your line that quality of a player big v is absolutely serviceable if he can play at the level that big v should be playing at and we'll see that that hill where he jacked up his foot patricia uh, <laughs> it, it, it really clouded the waters around him. Again, I'm not going to say he's a world, beat, world, world beater. I'm not going to say he he was great this year. I just don't think we've got a clean data set to make a good judgment. Uh, you, you do need a backup plan, but That's a he's he's a gay, he's a guy that might be able to really uh, you know step up and give us something that we aren't expecting. So we'll see. I'll give you a parallel for it. Um, Chris Hubbard was that guy in Cleveland. Uh, they signed him mm-hmm. off of Pittsburgh where he was their sixth offensive lineman. They installed him as their starting right tackle. He sucked. He mm-hmm. was awful. Two years, he, was, he wasn't the worst, but he was damn near the worst <laughs> at his position in the league. The Browns went to Chris Hubbard. They liked him personally, and Big V is an easy guy to like if you know him at all. Yeah. I've had a couple of conversations with him. I actually hung with him at the Shrine Game practice one year. Um, he, he's an easy guy to like and root for as well. They made Chris Hubbard take a pay cut. He wound up being an indispensable backup. He played guard. He played tackle when they had their COVID issues, when they had injury issues. He unfortunately wound up getting hurt at the end of the season and couldn't play at the end of the year. And they really, they legitimately missed Chris Hubbard. Yeah. And if you, if I would have made that statement a year ago, Browns fans would have been like, what the fuck are you on, boy? Because <laughs> he was, he was bad he yeah. was oh oh he browns fans thought of him the way that lions fans feel about t's tabor it, it was yeah. that level of suck yeah um Oof. and now now that everybody's like oh god please please get healthy chris we need you back yeah. Um, yeah. well 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 so those, those how the turntables can happen yep. you can't bank on it but you can you can hope yeah for sure absolutely so uh we'll go back to hank fraley is one of the i think one of the biggest signings and keeps so far of the coaching staff i absolutely love 
Hank being here. And I, I don't want to, you know, underestimate what he means to this team, guys. So there you go. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Senior Bowl. Uh, today's travel day kicking off. We will have, starting tomorrow, player interviews every day from the Senior Bowl. We will have film breakdowns from, you, from practices every day. We've got all kinds of information, all kinds of stuff coming for you. We're going to have a minimum of two shows a day, um, likely possibly more. Um, we have... Uh, a couple of interviews we're going to do with some folks that we're putting together as well um, from national media and other 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 places yet to be announced and named. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, so senior bowl coverage here, primary source coverage from the only guys I think in Detroit with with credentials at the senior bowl, and um, okay. it's it's good stuff. And with no combine, where else would you want to be anyway? With besides with, right, with Jeff and that, and I. that makes this year's senior bowl that much more important. There was no shrine game. There was no NFLPA collegiate bowl. There was the Gridiron Classic in Fort Worth last week, which a couple of people that I know um, put on, and it was very successful, and I'm very happy for them. But that, that, that's, that was primarily undrafted free agents that were there. Um, yeah. There were a few guys that could sneak into the, the round six and seven there. But uh, this is the only chance you're going to get to look at guys who are going to get drafted. Um, there's, there's some first-rounders there. Um, just looking at the rosters, and I have, have them all printed off here, and I have highlights of – who I want the Lions to go after, who I want the Browns to go after. And there's a lot of teams that have both a C and a D next to them. And a lot of guys there. Um, I'm going to have that stuff up um, on, on the various wires. Uh, interestingly, that both teams kind of need the same things this offseason, so it's a lot easier for me scouting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to miss. That, 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 that makes life easier. <laughs> I'm going to miss the uh, not having the elephant walk this year. That's I'm, I'm, I really, that's that's they a highlight. They're not doing that yeah, at all this year. Nope, not um, at all. They're not even letting like team people in. They're, they're, it's, they are team only. Team only. They're I, doing I, well, and it, but it's only like specific. Like you're only allowed like two people per team. Yep. You have to be and, inside the NFL bubble, the COVID protocol bubble with yeah. them, and then you get just yeah. a few people to go in to, to watch the, the elephant walk. Um, I get why they don't. They're not putting film out of it. I, I understand, yeah. right? But it kind of yeah. stinks because if, if they could have it in a way that it was, you know, trustworthy, watchable, you know, that it wouldn't leak and all that, it's just such an educational part of that so process. Seeing, seeing rating yep. types yep. And, and compare the comparison, especially when there's like three linemen that walk in, like one right after the other. Yeah. And just noting the differences. Um, uh, I, I'm notorious for, for commenting about body hair and tattoos and, dad bods and all that stuff and that, that's what I, I i have fun with it that's the only way i can sit in an audience with 1000 men watching dudes in underwear walk across the stage <laughs> I, I have to make light of it i have to <laughs> yeah well it's a thousand men and like three women that's the thing it's, yeah, it, awkward. it's, it's a very weird dynamic <laughs> it's weird for everybody. <laughs> yeah it's, it's but it's, it's like nothing you will ever experience before or after but the and notes it's the only place they do that the shrine game it's no. it's closed i i actually i i got eyes and ears in one year um and they are not they're not almost naked there right um, right right <laughs> uh, uh which is probably a good thing uh, because i i would not ever want to go through what those guys go through no uh but with with no combine this year that and i think the nflpa has dropped the ball a little bit here and that they had a real chance to make pro days valuable again because pro days have become effing worthless yeah they are pointless Yep. They are completely pointless. I will tell you that teams see them as completely pointless as well. Mm -hmm. They had a chance here to really do like, okay, every college standardized. You're going to do the combine drills. You're going to do the 40, the three cone, the short shuttle, um, the bench press, the, the vertical lump, jump, broad jump, that type of stuff. All that stuff. Anybody who wanted 
um, to get in would need to do those. And they didn't do any of that. They yeah. just left it again up to the colleges, which is unfortunate because now you're going to see very carefully, carefully choreographed things for all the players to look their absolute best. They're not going to be tested by any, any NFL people. Ugh, I can't talk to me. Yeah. Any NFL people doing football things other than what they've been practicing for with their agents and training centers like IMG for months. And, and they are once again, pointless. I cannot stress that enough. I have gone to several of them. I did not actually go to any pro days to, in things last year. I went to breakfast with scouts who were at the ones the day before and talked to them and found out what they did. And most of the time they're talking to the coaches about the, the guys who are coming up the next year, like, Hey, who do I, who do I need to watch for next year? Uh, yeah. Because the guy that what's going on in the field does not matter. Yep. So don't get tied up. If, if the lions are not sending people to Wisconsin whitewaters pro day, um, and they, by the way, they have a guard who's going to get drafted, who's in mobile. Um, and we might, might get his position coach on, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, mm-hmm. as yes, we had him last year. Oh, mm-hmm. remember big Owen? Yep. 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 Big Owen. <laughs> yeah. That's um, great. Uh, so he could talk about him. Uh, but, uh, don't don't get frustrated if if you don't see that the lines are at every pro day that you think they should be because once again they are in fact pointless and limited and they're limited too they're limited to they're how much they can limited. do um, and they're even more limited this year yep. with, with the covid protocols yep right. and uh, what i what I, I and and big shout out to jim Nagy and dave rogers and the whole crew at the senior bowl for making the senior bowl work this year where the combine the nfl could learn from jim and what they're doing here and make the combine a thing still Right, they could have done it in a in a safe way. Regional combines, they could have done any number of things, but they uh, big props to the guys. The senior bowl bowl is so important. Yeah, that's that's why you need to be paying attention. Tough year to want a quarterback as much of it as you can because uh, you better believe the teams are. This is their chance to get these these guys. It's a tough year to need a quarterback because you're not getting the scouting. Yeah, you really normally and, typically would get and, and look look at look at like like trey lance is is a potential number seven overall pick there's a north dakota state came to me without thinking about it. Yeah. trey lance yep. is is in play at number seven uh i'm not sure how i feel about that yet because i haven't watched enough of him because he only played one freaking game this past year and i watched that game and he was terrible so, <laughs> I, i'm a little i'm i have a little trepidation about that there's one guy i want to i want to talk about if you don't mind go ahead finish up go ahead, yeah, go ahead. no um i i so i, I was I, I have the side screen over here um i was informed that uh, uh to correct myself and i am an idiot and i did know this too um uh dan campbell was talking about terry glenn being the the recalcitrant player not yeah Aaron Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did know that. That's my bad. That's my transposition of minds from not getting enough sleep and spending a weekend with 12-year-old girls. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's a guy I think is absolutely worth a watch during Senior Bowl, and, and my eyes will be physically snapped to him. Jamie Newman, Georgia, oh, former Forest. Wake Forest. Yeah. Um, Among other places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't play because of COVID. Um, he could really make or break his stock. Here at the Senior Bowl, I think. I think he, this is such a key a spot for him. Let me, let me pull him up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's that? Moved to Georgia on. and didn't play a snap because of COVID. God, ah, that's got to just drive everybody nuts. We're, we're going to get to your Jamie, Super Chat, Joe. I promise. Wake Forest quarterback, Jamie Newman. I'd show mine, it's, but it's on an Excel sheet. <laughs> there. I showed you the D. There you go. <laughs> um, so now you know you've all been given the D by Riz. You enjoy that. Um, let's get to Joe's question really quick. He hit us up in the super chat. Hey, Riz, do you think the Saints could go after, go after nine? 
they they have to cut a lot of players to just keep the team that they have now. They they are in such cap hell. I don't see any way they can make it happen. But could they? Could they? Because relatively, Stafford is inexpensive. Could it include a number of expensive players they could, to move? They could include a guy like Michael Thomas. They could include a guy Lattimore. Like uh, oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Very now nice. I gave you the D. <laughs> um, yes, you did. Uh, Cam Jordan would be certainly nice. Um, they, yeah, that that's tough though. I mean, they are they are really strapped, and they're a team that I think if they're making a move for Stafford, it's because they think that they can still compete. And getting rid of of primary assets that you would want in Detroit would be counterproductive to that goal for, for trading for Stafford. So I think they have to choose A or B. I don't think they can do both. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's absolutely fair. It, it would be nice if they could, and they, they do make sense. And, and think of Matt, what Matthew Stafford could do in in that offense Ooh. Ooh. Uh, with, with, with Sean Payton calling the shots and not Joe Lombardi. I think that would be fun yeah. to see. Yeah, that, that could but be But I, I, I don't think it can happen. It, it, it's it's a tough it's a tough math uh, tough math to do. One thing that yeah. may be able to you, you bring a third team in, you start getting really complicated with your scenarios. Oh, but, NBA style, yeah. <laughs> but James that, Harden, baby, that could How that could loosen that? something oh, like yeah, that up go. too. I'm a Cleveland Cavaliers fanatic. Y'all know that that that's 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 my team. Yep, they have, they won that trade. I I, <laughs> I, 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 I I I love what the Rockets did. I don't like what New Jersey or I call it New Jersey Brooklyn did. My Cavs are killing it. They are they are young and they're fun and they're not going to win crap this year. But they're a lot of fun to watch. And I hope honestly that that's the way that the Lions go. Yeah. They realize okay, well, let's at least be entertaining. Let's put a good product out there. I, the, the Lions the last few years have been it's been a drudge, man. It's been it's been tough. It's they've been boring. <laughs> if you're going to lose, lose lose in spectacularly, spectacularly. fun fashion. <laughs> Be, be the Jets, you know, have, yeah. have a lunatic as your head coach, have a loose cannon as a safety that you have to trade away because he's, he's lost. You know, be, be Dallas, you know, where, where your owner is deserves his own reality show <laughs> on his own yacht. <laughs> <laughs> the Lions haven't had that at all. It, look, I it, it's way too early to know, but I do not expect this Lions team to compete for the playoffs next year. I do expect them to be somewhat fun to cover much more fun to cover than they have been in recent times. It's going back to the Jim Caldwell era, uh, as I said in my vlog the other day, yeah, uh, yeah. They, go check that out. Cause my <laughs> thoughts are there. Jeff's thoughts are there. <laughs> All right. With that, we're getting, we're getting a time. We, we went pretty long here with a, a lot of coverage, Matthew Stafford, the whole thing. Um, I think we, I think we got everything we needed to remember. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna focus much more on players for the rest of the week. Yeah, and, and what's going on in Mobile. This this was the the weekly podcast, if you will, and it'll go out three audio only as well. The rest of the week, it's gonna be mostly all YouTube, and it's gonna be coverage of players and happenings and uh, film breakdowns and so on from the Senior Bowl. We're gonna get you all the information we can get you about the, the Sam players. Man will be actively involved in a lot of this. Yeah, Sandman, rock and roll, more than I am actually. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the interviews are between 8 and 10 at night, so you'll see those then. It'll be after work. Get yourself a nice uh, little cocktail and sit back and enjoy. We'll have a good time. All right, everybody. Remember, 
Patreon, if you want to support us, help us with all our coverage and what we do, go to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar a month gets you access to the Lions chat, which is the smartest chat on the internet, period. Not not just Lions. I mean, you can't even find a rocket scientist chat that's this intelligent. Great people there. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Hang out with Case, Riz, me, Sam, and all the guys are there. Great place. Also, uh, don't forget to subscribe so you get all the stuff going on this week in uh, 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 from Senior Bowl. We're going to be live a ton. Subscribe and hit the bell on that as well. Uh, give us a call on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667, and follow us on Twitter at D-E-T Lions Podcast, D-E-T Lions Podcast. Yes, we will find you some gems. We will make it. We, we're going to we're gonna be, we'll have diamonds. Don't you worry. <laughs> All right, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your ears automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.